What's up, y'all? Welcome to the podcast. This is called Calling It Out uh, with your host, Wyatt Phillips. Um, this podcast is going to be a very sports-based MLB, NBA, NFL, and PGA Tour. Uh, that is really what we're going to hit. And even some March Madness, you know. We got some March Madness going up right now, so maybe we'll even talk about that a little bit. I think that we should start, though, with some NFL transaction of free agency ideas. You know, uh, you look at everything that the uh, the, the Cowboys did. You know, uh, we did a whole lot of nothing. Um, what we did was we re-signed a wide receiver four, and was that really necessary? Uh... In my opinion, it wasn't, especially Noah Brown. I think we have a wide receiver for in Cedric Wilson. Uh, we put the tender on him, um, you know, and I think that's a, that's not that's not you know a terrible idea. But you know, now we have to worry about paying another guy for another year. When we, I'm sorry. When I think what they should be doing is paying some defensive players because we do need that veteran presence on the defensive side of the ball. We had Sean Lee last year. We might not have him this year, which is very sad, but it is the truth. Uh, personally, I really, 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 really wanted Patrick Peterson to come on over to the Cowboys, but as we all saw, Patrick Peterson is now a Viking, which sucks. Um, you know, today we the Cowboys signed Jordan Lewis to a three-year deal. I think that Jordan Lewis is a very average cornerback. I do not think he's bad by any means. I just think he's very average. Is he worth that much money? Was it a good idea to sign him again and bring him back? I think that, yes, we do need some kind of corner situation. But, I mean, we saw him play last year. He did not play bad, but he does have a temper. We saw him get multiple personal foul calls on him throughout the season. And they were at the worst times possible. You know, we had a chance to go and win the game. If we just had a defensive stop, we get the stop, and then there's a flag. Oh, no. Of course, you know, Jordan Lewis, you know, personal foul, you know, unnecessary roughness. You know, he would just go hit a guy, or, you know, he'd talk back, and he'd start talk. He would start talking smack. But, um, you know, that's just how it is in today's NFL. Uh, speaking of the whole cornerback situation and you know the defensive back situation we look at Anthony Harris is uh still available what I, if I'm Jerry Jones what I'm doing is I'm giving him a call and telling him to come on over to Dallas Cowboys because we need a safety desperately I know that I know what y'all are going to say is that yeah we have Donovan Wilson we have Donovan Wilson he played great this past season I'm not saying that I'm saying that Anthony Harris is needed because I think that he could play safety and a little bit of corner for us if he had to, especially maybe even in the slot. I think that he's a great inside guy. I think that he can he's a ball hawk and he's gonna he's gonna get the ball for you and he's gonna create turnovers. Moving on from the Cowboys, let's go see AJ Green to the Cardinals. Uh, I think this was a great idea, especially because AJ is and wanted out of out of Cincinnati for a very long time I'm not very sure why though especially after this past year seeing Joe Burrow's greatness um, and how great of a pick he was to that organization 
you know, AJ has struggled with injuries, but how much, how many of those injuries were actually injuries and how many of those were he did not just, he just didn't want to play. Uh, that's, that's one of the big things that I've been seeing, I've been hearing. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's sad, but to see AJ Green go to another team, you know, none of us has ever seen that, but you know, I think it'll be a good opportunity for him, especially paired up with DeAndre Hopkins in uh, Arizona. And on the wide receiver, uh, you know, as far as that whole story goes, Curtis Samuel is a Redskin. Oh, I'm sorry. He is on the Washington football team. Please excuse me. And is that a great signing? Yes. Uh, Terry McLaurin and Jordan Reed and Curtis Samuel will now create a three-headed monster that the entire NFC East has to worry about, and I don't think anybody's ready for it. You know, especially... With the signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that was a great idea by the football team. They need that veteran quarterback. You know, you see that Taylor Heineke is there. He is. He showed that he can play in an NFL football game against one of the top defenses, being the Buccaneers, in a playoff situation, which is even crazier. You know, we have a guy that hasn't even played in the NFL, and he comes out here and makes other starting quarterbacks look pretty bad. Um, going from that, uh, let's go on to the Bears and the Russell Wilson situation, along with the Andy Dalton situation. Uh, if y'all do not know, Andy Dalton did get signed to the Bears a couple days ago. And what I see is that the Bears just went from being, from having decent Super Bowl odds to having slim to no Super Bowl odd, you know, at all. Just because of the pure fact that I don't think Andy Dalton can do it. Um, especially whenever you don't have the weapons around him that he needs. You know, every quarterback needs his weapons, and unless you're a complete improviser like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be able to succeed, especially whenever whenever you're behind a beaten-up Bears offensive line and, you know, that whole situation. We look at the Russell Wilson trades and the trade ideas and the you know, complications that went on with that. We saw that the Bears offered three first-round picks for Russ, but they, I mean, the Seahawks still declined it. I don't know who would ever decline that trade. That's uh, absurd to me. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, you know, I think now you're moving from guy who, you know, is uh, four to five years in his... um. You know, he's, he's hitting his prime, and I think you're going from a guy in his prime to a veteran who does not yet know his place in the NFL, and I, I mean that with the utmost respect. I think that, you know, with the Cowboys, yes, he had a good run. I think that, yes, he proved that he can still perform, and I think that was a, one of the biggest questions was, can Andy Dalton still make a team win football games I I personally did not think that he was going to be able to he proved me wrong though and when he went down in week I think it was like week five or six and we had to put Danucci in you know we all realized that Dalton we really did need Dalton and I think that now that the Bears have him I think that they're going to get a guy who can lead a football team and win football games but I'm not very sure if they should move on from Mitchell Trubisky or not. Another thing that I would like to talk about is Anthony Harris is still a free agent. Um, I'm very confused why he is still on the board. That makes 
no sense to me whatsoever. And if I were the Browns or the Cowboys, I say let's go get them. You know, I think the Browns and they have uh, that rookie out of um, Alabama last year. I think it was. Um, I I'm blanking. I forgot his name, but the Cowboys have Donovan Wilson. He proved that he could play this game just as good as anybody else can. I think that a dual threat would be very nice, though, having Anthony Harris at that safety spot with him. And, um, you know, I think that if the Cowboys think that we're going to be able to do anything within the next four or five years with Dak signed, I think that we need defense. We need to stop signing all these offensive threats and – we need to stick with the defensive side of the football. It's the smartest thing to do. It's a really, really, really good decision. And, you know, like I said earlier, defense does win football games. Moving on from that, um, Juju Smith-Schuster is also still available. I think that Juju is a very, very good wide receiver, too. I just don't think he has it to be a wide receiver, one. During his time in Pittsburgh, he was very much relied on as a two kind of guy behind Antonio Brown. And then this past year, he did have the chance to become that wide receiver one that Pittsburgh really did need, but he could never fully fill that position. Chase Claypool came around and shocked the world. In my opinion, he shocked me. I did not know Chase Claypool. I had no idea who he was. And that's also because I just don't watch college football. I think that he was a huge surprise. I think that he's a great weapon for the Steelers to have, and I think that he's going to be able to turn into a wide receiver one if Juju does leave. Now, the most likely landing spot for Juju right now is probably Las Vegas. I think Vegas would be a great fit for Juju, especially because they have Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs on the outside. Sorry, excuse me. Henry Ruggs on the outside and Darren Waller on the inside in the tight end spot. But, you know, Darren Waller's also basically a huge, huge wide receiver. And, you know, he can be considered, a, a, you know, the number one receiver, the number one man to go to. I think that Juju and Henry Ruggs would be a great combo on that X and Y combo outside. I think that you got a guy that's a speed demon and Henry Ruggs, and you got a guy that's going to be able to make those hard cuts and catch those contested balls and those, um, you know, up the middle and up the seam shots. You know, Juju's very good, but can his personality take over sometimes? Yes. I think that he needs to probably quit all the whole dancing thing. I mean, you know, I personally don't really like it, especially on the logos. Uh, Not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but he did do it on many. Uh, A lot of people thought it was pretty funny, but it almost comes off as disrespectful at times. Um, You know, I think that the NFL today has you know, hit a point where they need to start thinking about what are we going to do as far as free agency goes? How are we going to publish it? How are we going to make it known to the media? And, you know, they're doing a great job on Instagram and everything, but, you know, that's just how it is. Okay, switching it up now, we're going to go on to the PGA Tour and golf. Um, you know, I think a, the biggest question was heading into the Players' Championship is could Bryson DeChambeau do it again? Could he win again? With his back up against the wall, with the pressure all over him, could he win the second in the row? 
Well, we saw that Lee Westwood came out making a very, very, very strong approach through three rounds. DeShambo did too. They got paired up in the final round, and, you know, they did not see the results that they thought that they were going to see. We saw DeShambo actually top a golf ball for the first time in forever. We saw Lee absolutely hook a few balls, which was insane. I mean, I've never seen that before, especially, I mean, you've seen it from him in the past, but as of recently, he's been very, very, very consistent. So has DeShambo, so I was very shocked to see whenever DeShambo actually did not win this tournament. Um, All congrats to JT, though. Uh, You know, Justin Thomas is a great guy. Uh, Also, especially coming off of his Ralph Lauren and the polo deal and everything that happened, you know, then and that big-ass whoops, that big problem that was going on then. And he got cut from, you know, Polo. I think that now Nike could even go get him. I think that Puma could go get him, you know. it's uh, He has a whole world of opportunity ahead of him, and I honestly can't wait to see what's next. Uh, another question that I have is, is does JT win the Masters? That's one of the biggest things going on for me right now. In my opinion, I think JT has just as good of a shot as anyone else does. Um, I personally think it's going to be JT or DeChambeau. You know, I think that a lot of people are sleeping on Ricky Fowler, too. I think Ricky could go out and do it. Um, You know, it's either going to be them three, in my opinion. You know, even, you know, could DJ go back-to-back? You know what I mean? Could Dustin Johnson win it again? Um, He's a great golfer. You know, tremendous pace. Very, very, very good balance. He's really locked into the golf ball, and you know he's always dialed in. I guess you could say, and he normally doesn't even miss his, you know, his irons. He's very consistent, and I love his play style. You know, you look at everything, and you see how much PGA has gone through, and the golf world especially. Whenever Tiger Woods got into that tragic car crash a couple weeks ago. That was super sad. You know, I think we all love Tiger, but we all know that Tiger did have a drug problem back in his day. But, you know, now they said that he was found unconscious, but he was not on any drugs, which is great to hear. I'm hoping Tiger has a very speedy, speedy recovery. And I think that, you know, if he if he can do that, then there is a legitimate chance that he does play golf once again competitively. And... I think that he could maybe even win another tournament if he gets back in time and he is fully healed. Now, I don't know if his back is going to be there. I don't know if his legs are going to be there now, you know, especially because he just had to have that surgery on him because he got into that big wreck. It's a 50-50 situation. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to see out of him, but I'm hoping that he can make a strong comeback and make a very strong push, and maybe even play again in the PGA Tour. Tony Finau has also been catching my eye uh, as of lately. He's a tremendous golfer. I I think that, you know, he could be up there with those three and, you know, with DJ. I think that he has just of a chance, just as high of a shot to win as anyone. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Moving on from that, uh, let's jump into the NBA. You know, uh, about a week ago, we saw Joel Embiid 
hurt his hamstring, which was very disturbing if y'all have not seen that yet. He basically hyperextended his, his leg very, in a very bad way. Um, you know, let's all send some prayers that he's going to continue to feel better. Uh, there was an update today that said that he is feeling a lot better. And, you know, he's he's still the MVP frontrunner. I, I don't see anybody that's going to be able to catch up to him. I don't see anybody that's going to be able to come anywhere near where he is. Um, you know, of course, we still are waiting for, you know, that peak LeBron that we see every single season. Um, I think, you know, I think Chris Paul could even be in that conversation. He's averaging 27 points a game. No, my bad, 22 points a game. And, you know, I think he's averaging double-digit assists too. You know, Chris Paul's a playmaker. He's been in the league for a very long time. And if anybody can do it, it's going to be him, especially coming off of that can Chris Paul still do it? Does he still have it in him to do it? And, you know, is it possible for Chris Paul to win the MVP and be that face of the NBA that he was at some point again? I think that, you know, after all that and watching – Chris Paul play as of recently it's it's super impressive to see him do this and you know make a name for himself again because a lot of people were giving up on him even I was I'm not even gonna lie he was on his downfall but you know now we see that Chris Paul still still has it and you know he's not gonna go away anytime soon going on from that I think that Luca and the Mavs have a little bit of something to talk about I think that Luka is a tremendous basketball player. He's so good. You know, is he the future of the Mavericks, though, is a real question. Um, we know Mark Cuban is very, very, very high on Luka. In this most recent interview, he said that if he had to pick between his wife and Luka to stay on the Mavs, he'd pick, he'd pick Luka on the Mavs and he would divorce his wife. And you know what? For the Mavs' sake, that's the best thing that he could, <laughs> he could ever do. I think that he's very good. Luka is a tremendous basketball player. I think that Porzingis is a tremendous basketball player, but he's injury prone. The Mavs have a very solid squad. They're they're really good basketball team when they're playing together. I've noticed that big with the Mavs is that if they're not playing together, there is just no shot that they play anywhere remotely good and put up triple-digit points. I know triple digits is, you know, it's kind of extreme, but, you know, you see Luka and Porzingis on the same team, I'm going to say that you're going to hit hundreds every game. They're both playmakers, and they can both, you know, score the score the rock when they need to. Going on from that, uh, let's go into some March Madness. Uh, I actually just made my bracket a couple days ago, or yesterday, sorry. And I'm liking Gonzaga to to go all the way, and every single one of my brackets, I have Gonzaga going and winning it. Um, I think one of them I have Baylor winning it because I think Baylor's a very, very, very good basketball team, and I think that they can do no wrong when they're all playing together once again. Um, I think that Gonzaga will come up on top, though. Uh, there are going to be some sleepers, though, so be careful, and next episode we'll talk about you know, what your picks are, it wasn't a smart decision to pick them and, you know, the underdogs of the, every single division and conference. Next episode, we'll also talk about more NFL and specifically Cowboys situation, especially with the defense and coming up in the draft. 
And as far as PGA goes, we're just going to wait and see, and maybe we talk about some JT again. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I know this was the fir- this is the first time I've ever had one of these episodes, and if you all enjoyed it, please tune in to next week at about on Wednesday. Um, that's whenever we're going to be uploading. So thank you all.